This is a Flashbooks audio summary on The One Thing, The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. Overview. The One Thing advocates a simple path to success. Determine your one most important priority in every major category of your life, and then simply work backwards from there, chunking down your one thing into smaller single things that you can do this year, this month, this week, this day, and in this very moment. Tweetable summary from The One Thing? Think big, but focus on one specific thing at a time. Crucial quotes from The One Thing. Success is sequential, not simultaneous. Focus is a matter of deciding what things you're not going to do. If you chase two rabbits, you will not catch either one. Instead of a to-do list, you need a success list, a list that is purposefully created around extraordinary results. The trick to success is to choose the right habit and bring just enough discipline to establish it. Final crucial quote, to achieve an extraordinary result, you must choose what matters most and give it all the time it demands. This requires getting extremely out of balance in relation to all other work issues. Big idea number one. The focusing question. Quote, what's the one thing you can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? End quote. You'll want to write that one down because the entire book is based around that very single question and the power of organizing every area of your life around one thing per area. Let's talk about the domino effect. The key to success is figuring out your one most important thing in your business, career, or life over the long run. Think of this as your someday goal. Once you've figured that out, you need to identify how many dominoes you need to line up and then knock down in order to achieve it. Simple, right? Well, actually, yeah, it is. But just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. The One Thing in Action American businessman Bill Gates is a great example of the one thing lifestyle in action. Bill's one passion in high school was computers. This led him to develop one skill, computer programming. And in high school, he got one job in the computer programming field, which led him to eventually starting one company, Microsoft, which Bill's company, Microsoft, focused on one thing, the development and sale of basic interpreters for the Altair 8800, which eventually made Bill the one richest man in the world for 15 years in a row. After Bill retired from Microsoft, he and his wife, Melinda, formed one foundation that focused on one thing, to tackle some of the world's really tough problems, like health and education. The majority of the foundation's money went to one area, their global health program, which had one goal, to use science and technology to save lives in poor countries. To do this, they settled on finding a solution to the one major cause of death, infectious disease. The one solution they came up with was vaccination, 
because it's the one most impactful thing they can put their money towards to solve their one ultimate focus, to tackle some of the world's really tough problems. See how it all ties together? Big idea number two. Use the 80-20 principle, then go even deeper and narrower. Quote, As fast as we were growing, we were still not acknowledged by the top people in our industry. I challenged our group to brainstorm 100 ways to turn this situation around. It took us all day to come up with a list. The next morning, we narrowed the list down to 10 ideas. And from there, we chose just one big idea. The one that we decided on was that I would write a book on how to become an elite performer in our industry. It worked. Eight years later, that one book had not only become a national bestseller, but also had morphed into a series of books with total sales of over 1 million copies. In an industry of about a million people, one thing changed our image forever. End quote. In case you're not familiar with Gary Keller, the author of this book, he's the founder of Keller Williams Real Estate, which is now the largest real estate company in the world. And the quote above is an example of how he dug into the 80-20 principle to take Keller Williams Realty to the top of their industry. Keller tells us we don't need a to-do list. What we need is a success list, a list purposely designed around your highest leverage activities. How do you find your highest leverage activities? By using the good old 80-20 principle. Here's how the 80-20 principle works. If you haven't heard of it, it's also known as Pareto's principle. And it's actually pretty simple. The 80-20 principle says that the minority of your effort leads to the majority of your results. 20% of your customers usually account for about 80% of your profits. 20% of your investments usually account for about 80% of your returns. 20% of your habits usually result in 80% of your success. It's not necessarily about the exact numbers here, 80% or 20%, as much as it's about the simple truth behind them, which is this. A small percentage of what you do accounts for a large percentage of the results you experience. So what are those handful of things that you can extract from your to-do list that would have the biggest impact on your results? Figure out those high leverage activities and you've just turned your to-do list into a success list. And once you're done doing that, Keller recommends that you take your success list and whittle that down even further, taking that 20% of the 20% of the 20% until you've gotten it down to the vital few. Big idea number three. Identify what's most important and give it your undivided attention. Quote, What's happening when we are actually doing two things at once? Well, it's simple. We've separated them. Our brain has channels. And as a result, we are able to process different kinds of data in different parts of our brain. This is why you can walk and talk at the same time. There's no channel interference, but here's the catch. You're not really focused on both activities. One of them 
is happening in the foreground and the other is happening in the background. If you were trying to talk a passenger through landing a DC-10, you'd stop walking. Likewise, if you were walking across a gorge on a rope bridge, you'd likely stop talking. You can do two things at once, but you cannot focus effectively on two things at once. Even my dog Max knows this. When I get caught up with a basketball game on TV, he gives me a good nudge. Apparently, background scratches can be pretty unsatisfying. Many think that because their body is functioning without their conscious direction, they're multitasking. Now, this is true, but not the way they mean it to be. A lot of our physical actions, like breathing, are being directed from a different part of our brain than where focus comes from. As a result, there's no channel conflict. We're right when we say something is front and center or top of mind, because that's where focus occurs in the prefrontal cortex. When you focus, it's like shining a spotlight on what matters. You can actually give attention to two things, but that is what's called divided attention. And make no mistake about it. Take on two things and your attention gets divided. Take on a third and something gets dropped. End quote. How often do we allow other people to pull us away from what we know is most important? How often do we allow the buzz, the bing, the flash from our cell phone sitting on our desk to divide our attention from what matters most? Answer, more often than we think. Shut down your phone or put it on silent, not vibrate, when you're working. Turn off the notifications from your email app when you're working. Put up a sign of some sort, more on this later, on your desk to prevent people from disrupting your focus. And develop the right disciplines today so you can turn them into habits tomorrow. Big idea number four. A small dose of discipline develops into a long-lasting habit. Quote, In any discussion about success, the words discipline and habit ultimately intersect. Though separate in meaning, they powerfully connect to form the foundation for achievement. Regularly working at something until it regularly works for you. When you discipline yourself, you're essentially training yourself to act in a specific way. Stay with this long enough and it becomes routine. In other words, it becomes a habit, end quote. So when you see people that seem like they're super disciplined, what you're really observing is people who conditioned a handful of habits into their lives. Let's talk about selecting disciplines and turning them into habits. Success is actually a short race, a sprint fueled by discipline just long enough for habit to kick in and take over. So here's the trick. Here's the trick if you want to create a habit. You'll need to use your willpower slash discipline juice in the very beginning. Now, of course, this is hard, but keep at it. Because according to research, it takes on average 66 days to develop a discipline into a habit. Now, this number might vary for you depending on your situation, but remember that it's not something that you can do overnight, but it is possible. And once you turn a discipline into a habit, you become better at it and it becomes easier 
to execute. Big idea number five. Life is a question. Quote, You might be asking, why focus on a question when what we really crave is an answer? Simple. Answers come from questions, and the quality of any answer is directly determined by the quality of the question. Ask the wrong question, you'll get the wrong answer. Ask the right question, get the right answer. Ask the most powerful question possible, and the answer can be life-altering. End quote. The power of Keller's focusing question, that is, what's the one thing you can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary, is that it puts you in a position to take control. Here's a three-part breakdown of the focusing question. What's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? First part, what's the one thing I can do? Now this, this first part of the focusing question is about taking action. It's not the one thing you should do or could do or would do, but the one thing you can do. The word can implies action as opposed to others, which imply intention. Next part, such that by doing it, now this part of the question lets you know you're about to get specific. So what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, it means that you're about to take action on something that actually has a purpose. Moving on to the next part, everything else will be easier or unnecessary. Now, so what's the one thing I can do? That's the first part, such that by doing it, the second part, and the third part, everything else will be easier or unnecessary. This final part of the focusing question is about leverage. It says that when you do this one thing, everything else you could do to accomplish your goal will now be either doable with less effort or no longer even necessary. For example, Hiring an assistant to handle your calls and emails is a leveraged action that frees up the time you used to put into calls and emails, thus making it easier for you to focus on growing your business. So remember that how we phrase the questions we ask ourselves determines the answers that eventually become our life. Big idea number six, iceberging and living by priority. Every organization wants the two Ps, productivity and profit. But most organizations haven't got a clue that there are two additional Ps that come first and serve as foundations for the second two. Those two Ps are purpose and priority. Now purpose, if you imagine an iceberg, right? A pyramid of sorts, a triangle. What you could do is place purpose at the foundation of that triangle. Purpose comes first because that's what the best people in organizations are made of, driven by. Now, after purpose comes priority as the second layer of that triangle or iceberg. Now, you should only have one priority at a time. Then come productivity and profit. Now, these are the results of a business or team or organization being run by people who have a purpose, not because their boss told them to, but because they really give a damn. 
And when you have a strong purpose, you can become clear about your highest priority. When you're clear about those two, you'll become a more productive person. And when you become a more productive person, you produce more value in the marketplace. And the only way to produce real and consistent value in the marketplace is to prioritize your activities based around your most important goals, yearly, monthly, weekly, and daily. And when you prioritize based on what's most important to you, then you are driven by purpose. And by golly, when you've got this pattern down pat, you do indeed begin generating profit. Cha-ching! So, how do you do all this without killing yourself? We're glad you asked. Because that's what we're going to talk about in big idea number seven. Big idea number seven. Goal setting to the now. Quote, By thinking through the filter of goal setting to the now, you set a future goal and then methodically drill down to what you should be doing right now. It can be a little like a Russian matryoshka doll in that your one thing right now is nested inside your one thing today, which is nested inside your one thing this week, which is nested inside your one thing this month. It's how a small thing can actually build up to a big one. You're lining up your dominoes. End quote. Here's how you want to line up your dominoes within the context of your professional life. Which, by the way, it's the same thing for your personal life or any other area of improvement. Here's how it goes. Your someday goal. What's the one thing I want to do someday? Next comes your five-year goal. Based on my someday goal, what's the one thing I can do in the next five years? Next is your one-year goal. Based on my five-year goal, what's the one thing I can do in this year? Next comes your monthly goal. Based on my one-year goal, what's the one thing I can do this month? Then comes your weekly goal. Based on my monthly goal, what's the one thing I can do this week? Daily goal. Based on my weekly goal, what's the one thing I can do today? And then finally, it comes down to right now. Based on my daily goal, what's the one thing I can do right now? Now, all you need to do is knock each domino down until you've hit your someday goal. Should keep you pretty busy for a while, huh? Big idea number eight. Time blocking, mastery, and being accountable. Michelangelo once said, that, quote, if the people knew how hard I had to work to gain my mastery, it wouldn't seem wonderful at all. End quote. In his book, Mastery, George Leonard tells a story about Jigoro Kano, the founder of judo, and how he was so dedicated to the concept of mastery that when he was on his deathbed, he actually asked his students to bury him in a white belt. Think about that for a second. One of the most accomplished martial artists of his time and beyond asks to be buried with a white belt, with a white belt to symbolize his new journey in his next life and beyond. Now that is a dedication to mastery. 
not just in one field, but as a lifestyle, as a concept to live by. Let's move into another powerful concept to live by. It's about going from E to P. Keller says that most people have an entrepreneurial or E mindset, and that in order to be more productive and effective at what we do, we should adopt a purposeful or P mindset. To give you an example of going from E to P, imagine that you've just been asked to go chop some firewood. An E would grab an axe and start chopping away, while a P would leave the axe behind and look for a chainsaw instead. Go from E to P, from entrepreneurial to purposeful. Be accountable. Quote, accountable people achieve results others can only dream of. When life happens, you can be either the author of your life or the victim of it. Those are your only two choices, to be accountable or unaccountable. End quote. We all know a lot of folks that are great at blaming others, but terrible at taking ownership of their lives. Let's not be that. Let's take responsibility for our outcomes. Because when we do that, what we do is we essentially put ourselves in control. Let's take a super simple example. Let's say you're at work, and now that you've read or listened to this book summary on the one thing, you've decided that you're going to time block your most important one thing for any given day. So what you're going to do is you get it all set up and you start getting to work and then all of a sudden, somebody comes down the hallway, lingers over your desk and starts asking you questions that don't really matter or requesting that you go out on a break with them. What do you do? Do you tell them yes or do you tell them no? Answering yes when you know you should be focusing on your one thing puts your coworker in control. Answering no puts you in charge. Even better, setting up your workspace so that people know not to interrupt you in the first place really puts you in control. Quick suggestion, make a sign that says, until I'm done with my one thing, nothing else matters. And post that sign up so that it's visible to any potential interrupters. Add whatever else you need to add to ensure they know not to screw with you while you're working. Actionable insights from this big idea? People who write their goals down are actually 39.5% more likely to succeed. People who write their goals and share their progress with people that they've chosen to hold them accountable are 76.7% more likely to achieve them. Wow. Double your effectiveness. Share your goals and your progress. Do it. A quick little nugget of wisdom to repeat to yourself. I am the author of my destiny. You really are. Big idea number nine. The four thieves of productivity. Avoid them at all cost. Quote, One half of knowing what you want is knowing what you must give up before you get it. The first thief of productivity is the inability to say no. Number two is the fear of chaos. Number three is poor health habits. And number four is being in an environment that doesn't support your goals. Let's talk about the first one, inability to say no. As a rule of thumb, Keller recommends that we avoid saying yes to most things unless they're connected to our one thing. 
If you're afraid of saying no to someone because it might hurt their feelings, come up with a way to say it that you're going to be comfortable with. Here's Seth Godin, the best-selling author and marketer, on saying no. Quote, you can say no with respect, you can say no promptly, and you can say no with a lead to someone who might say yes. But just saying yes because you can't bear the short-term pain of saying no is not going to help you do the work. End quote. How wonderful is that? Let's talk about the next one. Fear of chaos. You know what? Shit happens. Messes occur. Wives and husbands get angry. These things happen. But it doesn't mean you should give up on your one thing. Chaos is natural. In fact, the more you focus on your one thing, the more of it you might get. And that's okay. Protect your precious time blocks and remain productive. In time, you'll learn to deal with the chaos in your own unique way. But do not let chaos control you. You control the chaos by focusing on your one thing. The next thief of productivity is poor health habits. Keller says that personal energy mismanagement is the silent thief of productivity. Your health and your success are intertwined with one another and depend on each other to survive and thrive. For maximum energy management and productivity, plan your days to include the following four things. Meditate or pray for spiritual energy. Eat right, exercise, and sleep sufficiently for physical energy. Spend time with friends and family for emotional energy. Set goals, plan, and calendar for mental energy. Time block, your one thing, for business energy. Let's talk about the final thief of productivity, which is having an environment or being in an environment that doesn't support your goals. Did you know that if one of your close friends becomes obese, you are 57% more likely to do the same? Crazy, right? This is because the people we see and spend time with most tend to set our standards. Look up the law of averages for more on that. Raise your standards and listen to Oprah's advice. Quote, surround yourself only with people who are going to lift you higher. Big idea number 10. It's about the journey. Quote, at any moment in time, there can only be one thing. And when that one thing is in line with your purpose and sits atop your priorities, it will be the most productive thing you can do to launch you towards the best you can be. Actions build on action. Habits build on habit. Success builds on success. I want you to do something. I want you to close your eyes and imagine your life as big as it can possibly be, as big as you have ever dared to dream, and then some. Can you see it? Now, open your eyes and listen. Whatever you can see, you have the capacity to move toward. And when what you go for is as vast as you can possibly envision, you will be living the biggest life you can possibly live. Living large is that simple. End quote. So, did you do what Keller said above? If not, what are you waiting for? Pause this audio summary and go for it. I'll be right here waiting for you when you get back. Did you pause me? Please hit pause. Please go for it. Now, let's talk about the next piece here. 
your journey toward extraordinary results will be built above all else on faith. Quote, it's only when you have faith in your purpose and priorities that you will seek out your one thing. And once certain you know it, you'll have the personal power necessary to push you through any hesitancy to do it. Faith ultimately leads to action. And when we take action, we avoid the very thing that could undermine or undo everything we've worked for. Regret. End quote. Big idea number 11. No regrets. Keller mentions an excerpt from a book written by Brony Ware titled The Top 5 Regrets of the Dying. Without further ado, here they are. Number one, I wish that I'd let myself be happier. Number two, I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. Number three, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Number four, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Number five, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Print that out and put it on your desk if you can. To serve as a constant reminder of what really matters most to you in your life. Now, to close out this book summary, we'd like to leave you with a quote by George Bernard Shaw. Quote, Life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. End quote. Your one thing is ultimately about finding yourself and what matters most to you on a yearly, monthly, weekly, daily, and moment-to-moment basis. Thank you for listening to this Flashbooks audio summary on The One Thing, The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. Narrated by Dean Bakari. For more great nonfiction self-help and business book summaries, visit www.getflashnotes.com.